Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Now for me, you can probably hear I've got the flu, the lurgy, the man flu, whatever you want to call it, I got it and I got it good. But barbecue stops for no man and barbecue stops for no flu. This week, I'm having a chat to uh, Boomer from Full Metal Kettle and Jai from Smokeface Grillers. These guys pulled off RGC and GC respectively at the Western Hotel competition down in Ballarat this uh, last weekend. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that tonight. We're going to find out what these lads are up to and what's coming up for them in the future. So let's get stuck into it. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Hello. Hey, Boomer. Hey, mate. How's it going? Not bad yourself? Yeah, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Having a good, uh, having a good time. This flu's got me pretty good, though, at the moment, though. But uh, aside from that, can't complain. That's right, man. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm still not over. I had one for about five, four or five weeks. Oh, don't tell me that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I'm nearly over it now, but yeah, over meat stock and that was terrible. <laughs> Sounds shocking. Yeah. So, mate, uh, RGC at um, at the Western Hotel in Ballarat, mate. How good's that? Yeah, it was really good. Um, probably one of our, yeah, most consistent cooks and... Yeah, it's getting getting closer every cook. Getting there, yeah, yeah. So is that still still cooking as um as as full metal kettle? Yeah, yeah, still as full metal kettle. We've done all our um the main ABA comps as full metal kettle, really. Um, well, we have actually. Yeah, um, I've done yeah a couple of the SCAs myself as Bloomer's Barbecue, but everything else is full metal kettle. And did I see that you're um shifting your uh, your cooker? Yeah, so that's just uh, gone on the market as of an hour ago. Yeah, just a bit of a change of uh, kits, I guess, an hour, I think. So what kind of cooker are you moving into? Uh, we're going to run uh, most likely Gateways and a Traeger. Interesting. Gateways and Traegers. Why the shift? Um, more just uh, I'm getting sick of not sleeping much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I generally have always, you know, I don't even know how many comps we've done now, a dozen comps or 50, and generally I am always the one that stays up all night, and as much as I absolutely love the stretch, it's probably, you know, one of the most consistent pits I've ever used. Um, it is just a time, you know, time-consuming sort of thing. It takes a little bit of time to heat up. It's very consistent, but, uh, yeah, if I could 6 a.m., I'd prefer to do that. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the family and that, and also we've um just towing. It's, it's a you know it's a big heavy sort of unit. You always need someone to come give you a hand. Traeger, I'll be able to pretty much load the trailer myself. Yeah, yeah. My wife's been talking to me about um about drums as well, and she's sort of saying to me, "Look, it's a three man job to get your smoker out of the yard and into the trailer to a competition." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of hard to argue with that logic. Oh, exactly. And I mean, 
I've done it, you know, mates' birthdays parties and bucks parties, like, you know, friends' ones, you know, sort of cooked for that, and it's been brilliant, you know. Courtney's been able to run it all day, and it's, you know, it's an absolute breeze. But um, other than that, if I'm only doing a couple of comps a year, it just sits here. You know, I might as well not go to someone who is definitely going to use it, but you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of, I've had it for four years, and it sort of sits there and might not get used for six months. Yeah, it kind of breaks your heart to just see it sit there so lonely. Yeah, exactly. And now that you know, we've we've run we've run the we've run the gateway for the last three comps, and we had um had some pretty close, you know, thoughts and fits with it. And um, I think with another one or two, and obviously putting a bit more time into it, I reckon um, you know, we'll start obviously managing call ups in that as well. So, how are the gateways different than to just a regular drum? Oh, some sort of magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody says. No one's actually able to explain it to me. Well, I, I, if I had gone to the class when Tim and that were over from the States to the Q Club, it would have been great to sort of hear it. They, they did explain it, and from all I've sort of gathered is, you know, they do call it this sort of vortex, the way it sucks the cold air in, in the two vents. I think also having that sort of internal baffle plate where the air actually goes through to the underside of the fuel, and then it sort of does have all the way around it um and it just flows they flow fast like the the heat or smoke you know flowing in and out is very quick to com- compare to a lot of pits like even some offsets you know they sort of just hum along same as a stretch they along the eggs you know like the airflow in the gateways just are really quick interesting interesting so that, that's all I can mean, you know, like it is, and even though I suppose, you know, the lid or the pit temp, you know, the gauge is at the front. If the gauge reads 300 Fahrenheit, the grill's probably a little bit hotter, so you're probably cooking more, I guess, maybe 350-ish. But if you did that in the stretch or the gate, uh, sorry, the um, offset, you're still probably looking at, say, for briskets at a guess, you're still probably looking at seven or eight hours. So for whatever reason, whether it's actual pit itself, like the drums, you know, they are obviously a small little tight unit, but... You know, if you can knock them out in four or five hours, it's just, you know, I can only think it's the way the air flows, the, the heat, you know, the hot air travels past the meat. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if the um, if the evaporative effect of that air movement doesn't um, sort of speed that uh, speed that along a bit. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's obviously a bit of science to it. You know, like blokes, blokes like smoking steel, you know, Dane and them using their drums or even Craig from Suck Knuckle. I'm... Um, yeah, you know, they they use the drums, or you know the boys who are hanging hanging ribs in bullet smokers. They might all do them at two seventy five, three hundred, but there is definitely a time difference. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the Traeger, now that's a bit different. You're sort of still sticking with charcoal and wood with the drum, and then sort of, and then going all high tech with the Traeger. Yeah, well, uh, I only just recently got the Traeger, and um, as much I mean, obviously love cooking on charcoal and wood as well like started on an offset many years ago but um it was more for just something for home and something i can use at home more you know the easy midweek cooks not, not that it doesn't you know you can get charcoal going in 10 or 15 minutes but um if you can sort of light that pit and control it while you're inside feeding the kids or something off your phone you know you can sort of monitor it quite easily and adjust temperatures and put it in you know pretty much cool or warming zone more just just for ease really yeah, sort of, I guess it allows you a bit more multitasking. Yeah, exactly, multitasking. You know, see some of the people, you know, pretty much in the ovens days, you know. You're not, you're not, you're hardly doing any cooking inside. You're actually using it as a, a you know, a wood pellet fired oven. 
<laughs> so uh, that, that was the idea. Um, it wasn't going to be a comp pit, but I mean, we haven't even ran it yet. Obviously, at a comp, I've only cooked on it two or three times since I've had it. I only got it the other week. Um, but I assume that's what we'll try anyway. I think it. Like, I was going to do a test next week, try some chicken in it, and see how it goes. Yeah. So, <clears throat> does that mean that you're going to add like a generator to your comp kit now? Yeah, well, that's, that was a thought we were talking about with the boys the other day. Um, generally, every comp we've been to, we've never had power issues. I think only been Horsham. And it was only on the setup, but we obviously had power. And then there was another comp where we uh, – Ballarat last year. Ballarat last year, we dropped – you know, everyone dropped power for maybe 10 or 20 minutes a few times overnight. So, yeah, that is a little bit of a worry, but I don't know. I suppose you just wing it or – you see whether we can find a cheap generator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they've got those um, those heavy duty sort of car jumper packs now that um, that you just charge and and they you, you see people running lights and things off them. What sort of draw does the does the Traeger do? Would you be able to run it off that? Yeah, no idea. I was going to look into that sort of thing because like I might find that you don't need something very big at all. Yeah. Very interesting. I'll be I'll be interested to find out how that uh, how that pans out for you. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, a lot of the teams are starting to run pallets as well with drum or whatever. I think it's just I think it's just coming down to um not all the teams, but a lot of teams. You know whether you want to sort of let your hair down a bit more the night before or whatever, but or just catch a bit more sleep. There's um a few other methods, you know, with as much as um offsets and that you know you really can't beat them generally in terms of flavor and obviously the whole feel and that of it but uh not everyone wants to load sticks every hour no every every hour i wish i think i'm at about 30 to 35 minutes on mine yeah exactly so, <laughs> you know, um, yeah technology i think sometimes does have its place you know and i, I did i learned i learned on a, a stick burner or silver creek and then went to kettles and then went to bullets and slowly worked my way learned ceramics and now i'm sort of on the pallet train as well, as well as the drums. Full metal pallet doesn't have quite the same ring to it as full metal. No, kettle, no, I don't know. What, I don't know what we're going to do with the whole name and logo. Nothing really matches. We, we've only got now kettle, and that's it. <laughs> you just have to throw that one that you got that's all uh, army painted up with born to grill on it. Just put that out the front as like a mascot grill, and then uh, and, and then cook on your on your tragers and your drums behind it. That's it. I don't think uh, the last two comps we haven't even had a kettle. We've just been, yeah, other different pits and, yeah, the mascot, you know. But, oh, well, that's all right. <laughs> so let's loop back to Ballarat, man. Tell me about that. What was the trip down there like? Yeah, the trip to Ballarat was uh, pretty terrible because uh, we, after um, being invited to the Invitational last year, which was the first comp that we've ever had car issues. So going up to there, the car overheated the whole time and then we hadn't had any issues for the last six months and then, on the way to Ballarat, an hour in, we're just under a two-hour trip. Um, started overheat heat again, so drove drove to Ballarat, stopped starting, making sure the thing didn't overheat, and then when we got there, it had dropped a couple of liters of water. Ooh. So that was a good good way for the trip. Um, but then just settled in, really. Everything was trimmed. That's I liked it to get everything done at home, so it's sort of an easy easy first night, and. Uh, other than that, the weather was a lot better than normal. Like for Ballarat, it was actually nice and sunny. Cold overnight, but had the fire pits going. And then, uh, yeah, everything just went smooth. We had no, like, I can't even think of any dramas. The whole cook just went really smooth. Oh, so it was one of those miracle cooks. Yeah, which lately with our team, it's sort of been quite lucky. I think um, 
pretty much when we got RGC at Ballarat last year, that was also one of those cooks. We sort of, everything just went fine. And then I think we've done about four comps since then. And apart from one or two tiny little hiccups, it's everything's just, yeah, it's just gone perfect lately. Well-oiled machine, man. Love it. Yeah, Love it is. It. It is. Everyone, everyone's got their spot on the team. We all sort of know the way, you know, each other works. And as I said, I like to have everything prepped and, you know, so generally you can just relax. You don't, you know, you just, it's second nature what you're doing generally on the day, really. Yeah. Yeah. We've started doing all our prep beforehand as well. I remember the, the first comp, the, the first major comp that I went in, I um, read all the rules and it said all food must be prepared on site. So, man, I brought bloody camping cupboards full of spices and different ingredients and I, I was actually mixing and blending and cooking my own sauces on a, <laughs> in a sauce but on site because I thought it all had to be done fresh on site. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think I think our first comp was similar. Most We might have had a few sauces made, but the meat, we did a lot of it on the day and then once sort of after that, it was like, no, nah, you know what, we're just going to have everything ready. Um and I suppose even looking at that, we're one of those teams that we bring a fridge every comp as well, you know? Like everyone runs eskies and ice and we just carry along a fridge every time. <laughs> That's a we good just, idea. Yeah, we just like to have everything very, uh, yeah, very um, organised and like you said, a well-organised uh, oil machine really. Yeah, really, really nail down that system. So so tell me about the hand-ins. What did you have to cook for Ballarat? Uh, so we had... What was it? First up, we had chicken and then lamb, pork ribs and brisket. So four categories without the pork, which, you know, that always makes for an easy cook. Not that pork's sort of a hard to fit in the pit or hard to cook as such. Yeah, it's hard to get the texture and flavours right for the judges. But um, I personally prefer cooking the other four categories and just eliminating that one category as well. Like four categories is such a cruisy cook, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would you do for the chicken? Yeah, chicken, we did our standard cupcakes, um, which have sort of been brilliant for us. I think we've had six call-ups or five call-ups in the last six or seven comps with them. Nice. Um, we've been running this very similar profile the whole sort of time with a glaze. There's a glaze that one of the original members of the team, JB, had made, and now Al continues to make it. And I think well, we all think it sort of has uh, – made us stand out from the pack with it. But, um, yeah, it went really well. It was actually our lowest placing category. But in saying that, first place and second place at Ballarat were cupcakes. <laughs> and funnily enough, first place did the exact same layout that we handed in also. <laughs> oh, really? It was a yeah, big coincidence. So, like, the cupcakes seemed to do really well at Ballarat. Um, we still got 10th, like 10th, you know, mid, mid, midway. But, um, but yeah, it's all, all good. Um. And then uh, what was next? Lamb. Lamb, we finally got a trophy. We've never had a trophy in Lamb. Oh, really? So that was the first time we've had a trophy. We've had a few fourths. Like we've uh, actually changed our profile of what we're doing and we're cooking the lamb a little bit less than normal or less than we used to. Like we're taking it off the cutlets off a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So, and um, since doing that, we've had a fourth at Masters of the Q. We had fourth at Meatstock and now we had a third at Ballarat. Mate, it sounds like you're getting there piece by piece. Yeah, slowly. Like it was always our worst category, but um, yeah, finally got a trophy in that. And then uh, what do we go? Pork ribs. We ran spares and baby backs just to see which ended up cooking better. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, generally, we, 
we've so we change each comp. It depends what I can get my hands on, like even on what they look like, what the bones are like, etc. Um, so the spares I actually thought tasted better, but we couldn't get six straight bones off them. Mm. So we ended up handing in baby backs, and we actually were managed to fit um, twelve baby backs in the box. Wow. So that was a bit of help. Michael, Michael, um, Butcher's Axe was there lending us a bit of a hand with uh, mainly washing up, but you know, no, he did his part. So he helped make that get that box to fit and um, got the texture right and we got a third place in them. Very and nice. What was the last? Last was brisket. We just ran one, one brisket in the gateway, about a five hour cook time. And personally, or we all thought actually, the texture of it was absolutely probably one of the best briskets we ever cooked. And that managed equal fourth. Oh, right. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so a very consistent cook, third, third, fourth, tenth. Yeah, I was just doing the math in my head there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very nicely done. So when you're doing a brisket, do you trim the brisket to suit the size of the box before you start cooking? Yep, spot on. We I, Like I, um, I don't know, I probably started off as a seven, maybe seven kilo brisket, and by the time I'd separated and then shaped it and all that sort of stuff. It was probably down to four kilos, I guess. Wow. Um, the point was absolutely amazing, as was the flat, actually. And, yeah, we I, I try to wing it. Like, it's t- it's taken us a little bit of um, playing around because with the Gateway, we've actually only done brisket cook comp-wise in it, which was that when me and Ross from Firehouse teamed up and made um, the team Just Need. So that was the first time we actually did a brisket in the gateway for a comp. And it's been a little bit of a learning process because they sort of puff the meat up a bit differently, obviously running hot. It sort of shrinks it in a little bit different manner than other pits. Yep, yep. Um, so it's taken a little bit of getting used to. But, yeah, um, we try to make it just to the box size pre-cook. And then, you know, fingers crossed, it shrinks in 10 or 15 mil either side. And then it's bang on. Yeah, exactly. And then the burn ends, you just... Well, depending on, you know, as, as points do, the way they sort of, once they just try to get, you know, at least six and get them to the right size with, you know, what you're working with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We, um, I've, I've said, I've actually seen Michael, uh, you, you mentioned him before, Michael from Butcher's Axe. I've seen him there with his metal rulers and his, uh, prefabbed, uh, cardboard, uh, measuring thing. So yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he does all we don't go too high tech. I just do it all by eye, but you know, seems to work. <laughs> oh, it's all by eye. Very, very well done. Yeah, it's all by eye. I, I try and do things by eye, and it just looks like I've might as well have just shut my eyes and ha- hacked at it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, mate, we can't wrap this up though before we have a bit of a talk about this TV show you're on. Oh, yep, yep, yeah. So you've had a look at that, I guess. I have. I've I've caught a couple of episodes of that. Looks like you've been having a ball. Yeah, it was, it was uh, fun. So yeah, that's um, Dipper's Backyard Barbecue Wars. It was, um, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun with all of us. It was also a hell of a lot of work. Um, you know, we all sort of probably, I guess, you know, when you watch TV shows, you have a little bit of an idea of what might go on. But um, yeah, it's, it actually is very tough. Like it was pretty much twelve-hour days and driving all over the country, like to shoot somewhere and then drive home, be back just before you know ten, eleven o'clock, and then back on set the next day somewhere else at 7am or 6am. So how, how long did you actually um, take to shoot it? We did everything over the course of a week. A week? Yeah, so shooting every day. Oh, wow. That's we're, intense. We're going to try, like, we're gonna try like, you know, the, the idea was to do it week by week. 
but between you know all the camera crew and the production company and the, obviously the four of us and Dipper, there was just no way you could find eight weeks that actually you know eight weekends that worked with everyone. Yeah, yeah. So we did it over a whole week, and um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Like um, you know, fingers crossed, it still keeps getting well received, and you know, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. So had, how did it all come about? I think I saw something like way back when. Was it actually your your concept? Not my concept, Dean. Who's so that's how. If Dean, who's part of Full Metal Kettle now, um, Dean had an idea ages ago, and he um approached the producer and that their mates as well. So he sort of, I think they sort of got talking many years ago about it, and then one day one of them rang and said, you know, let's do it. And Dean put the feelers out at this stage. So Dean put the feelers out. He got in touch with Justin from um, Smokeface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Justin then put my name forward. And we caught up and got along and then we shot that little promo that a few people may have seen. Um, yeah, that was cool. Ago. Yep. Um, yeah, and from that promo, it sort of took probably a year-long process to get sponsors on board. Or, you know, all this is above my head and we sort of only see glimpses of it. But, you know, a year to get sponsors on board and then it went from one channel to another channel, I think, and then it ended up at Seven Mate and... Yeah, it's obviously gone to air and it's getting pretty well received and hopefully everyone keeps loving it. Dean, from shooting that promo, I um, said, why don't you just come along to a comp? So I think his first comp was with Meat Stock just to get, you know, a feel for it. And you know, now he's, obviously, <laughs> he's kept coming along to all the comps as well. Well, you certainly threw him in the deep end there, taking him straight to a Meat Stock. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was just straight to a Meat Stock and then we did um, Ballarat, which was his second comp. And it was because Al couldn't show up. Al couldn't make it, so it was just going to be me and Courtney. And Dean's like, oh, well, I'll come along if you want. And that was our um, first RGC as well last year. Oh, there you go, mate. Dean's obviously the uh, the lucky charm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I, I think I did see a post out on Facebook there about um, about gearing up for season two. So uh, congratulations yeah. on that. I wasn't sure. That's why I didn't say anything just yet. <laughs> I wasn't sure what's been actually put out there. But um, then our season two has, I think, got the green light. So it's probably still going to be a long process. I'm not sure when all that sort of happens, probably next year. But, um, yeah, you know, like obviously the public seems to enjoy it and we obviously want to show more of what we can do, you know. Um, definitely show Australia what barbecue is all about. Well, mate, I, I, I think that says a lot not just for your skills as, you know, uh, TV hosts and, and barbecue celebrity chefs and that, which, you know, you guys obviously when we watch the show, you're obviously very skilled in that. I think it also says a lot about how ready Australia is to embrace this style of barbecue as well. Oh, for sure. Like um, you've probably been around long enough as well. Like in the last few years it's grown massively. Oh, huge. Um, whether it be even just the pubs, the restaurants, pop-ups, competitions, t- TV shows, like, you know, every, it's becoming very mainstream and I suppose not gone of the days, but, you know, now like where it was always, you know, the spit on the weekend or the family roast or even Christmas time, you know, everyone doing pork crackly now, like every second person's doing brisket or they're um, smoking <laughs> or, you know, like so it's definitely um, – it's changed a lot in the last few years. I wish when I started doing this like five, well, I don't know when I started this, maybe five, six years ago. Um, I, you know, I, 
on a butcher who could get anything. You know, I was driving over an hour to go get meat because they had brisket and they had short ribs. Um, now, you know, I finally you do have a few butchers within 10, 20 minutes that have the products you need. It's just, and you know, the stores like the Q Club popping up in Melbourne, obviously I'm biased because it's our local, local shop, but, um, you know, that sort of thing wouldn't have probably have really happened as much, you know, in the five, six years ago. I don't, you know, it may have still been around, but um, it has just grown so popular and I see all those places booming and that, it's great. Yeah, definitely. You, you can see that the uh, that the industry is really, really picking up in sort of in a similar style to, to how it is in the States. I just wait for it to be as big as it is there. It's going to be just amazing. Oh, exactly. And that's, I mean, with the SCA as well, like the SCA is another crazy good concept. Um, you know, you can get in and start cooking them within three, four hours a day, you know, almost the cooking's done and pack up and, you know, wait for the next one. Well, that, that's another, you know, the, st- the steak and all the different ancillaries. It's, it's definitely, um, there's just so much growth happening. And it's across Australia as well, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, the SCAs are really interesting. They sort of they sort of started here as a bit of a bit of a side comp to to, to tack on to a low and slow comp, but um, I know several teams now that are that will actually turn up and just do the SCA. Oh, for sure, and the SCA is starting to like you're seeing these days. Like I thought, you know, when we started first SCA at Meatstock Melbourne, and you know, we've had, oh, myself back then. Now, then we do the most little bit anyway. Um, had, we've had like lots of trophies across different categories, but nowadays, like it is really going to that next level. Obviously, the steak is where the steak is. That's that's you know everyone's doing that. But the other cat ancillaries, there is just some crazy good cooks out there. Whether it's barbecue, whether it's you know, it's crazy what they're producing. The creativity is just incredible. Oh, exactly, and that that's brilliant seeing that. And that's why you know, like as much if there was a comp, if there was a comp for us anyway, no one. If there was a proper. ABA full style comp every month. I probably would do it, but the SCA is just—it's it's just a nice little, you know, fresh sort of day to get out, catch up with some other teams, and you know, as I said, three four hours of cooking and you're done. Yeah, one steak for the judges, two for yourself, a couple of cold beers, yeah. good day out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> good fun as much as we all do want to do the brisket and all that. Um, I suppose it also, you know, it, it takes its time on the. Um, the old wallet as well, doing, you know, all the big comps. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So where to from here, man? What are you doing in the future? Uh, where to from here? So we've only got Horton lined up at the moment, which is, I think, in August. Um, got another burger pop-up in July at the Q Club, so that's number the third one we've done. We've, each time it's got bigger and bigger and it sells out faster and faster, so that's going to hopefully be a cracker of a day. And, uh, yeah, that's about it, really. Obviously, sort out what's happening with the rest of the TV show and I'll try to, you know, get another few comps under our belt. But, yeah, just timing and location, really. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Well, look, thanks very much for your time. I'm going to let you go. And, uh, mate, best of luck in the future. Yeah, no worries, man. Cheers, thank you. Hey, this is Stan Hayes with Operation Barbecue Relief and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Hey, Joy, it's Ben, man. How you doing? Good, mate. Yourself? Good, mate. Good. I got the flu. I got the lurgy, the 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 man flu, whatever you want to call it. It's got me good, but uh, I've got some some vitamin fireball here and uh, I'm, I'm fighting through. 
And I uh, feel your pain. Don't worry, I've uh, copped it all this week. I think I've had the flu, got some other sickness, and um, it's pretty rough because I don't usually get sick. So I'm, um, I don't think my wife's very good friends with me at the moment. So <laughs> I'm actually sleeping in the apartment downstairs right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wasn't happy with me. She, she slept in another bed last night because she didn't want to catch what I had. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, I, I think we're, uh, we're, we're twins this week. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I probably worked out well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, mate, you kicked things off um, this week with uh, competition at the Iron Jack in Ballarat. How'd that go? Ah, uh, that was a very good comp. We um we obviously uh, managed to get a GC there this week. Um, it's one of our favourite comps of the calendar. The first one was last year, which we also got our very first GC at. So it was um it was pretty good to go back and return to the site and um, go back to back. I actually just saw that today as I was doing a bit of research into the event and I was looking for photos of you um, winning this one and all I found was photos of you winning the last one. And I was like, oh, awesome, back-to-back GCs. Yeah, it's pretty funny because we got um, GC last year and obviously this year and Boomer with full metal kettle went back-to-back reserve. So I um, think he was a bit chatted. He got a bit closer this year and he got us. But, um, yeah, it was photos are probably hard to come by this time. We didn't take that many, to be honest. And, the only photos we got were from the um, – they have a, an event called um, Played Up Ballarat. They had a photographer out there, so we had to steal photos of her for this one. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I couldn't find any actually published anywhere. It was a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. Probably um, – we've probably been a bit slack on it this week. Obviously, we uh, doubled, doubled up into another competition. Um, there's also planning for smoking broke. Um, two of the boys are competing at the Q Club for um, the state competition this weekend. So it's been a pretty hectic week. So we probably have been a bit slack on the um, old social pages this week. Oh, I, I wasn't specifically referring to you. I meant to the event themselves. The the promoters hadn't published any. Yeah, I'd, they've. Um, I think because it's part of that whole played up Ballarat. There's um, been articles in the newspaper, the local newspaper. Um, they'll be um, on that website as well. But, yeah, the, the pub itself hasn't advertised probably as great as what it did last year, but they've probably pushed more of the advertising into general mainstream this year compared to last. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah. So Ballarat, how far away from home is that for you? Uh, it's one of our local comps, and it's about a two-and-a-half drive um, from where Justin and I live. Um, we pick up James on the way. James lives about an hour and ten the other side of town, so it's pretty much a halfway halfway stop to pick up him and not on the Ballarat. Oh, okay. So not not too bad then. Nah, <laughs> it's pretty cruisy. We get two and a half hours as your local comp, and you you do it like it's nothing. So um, goes back to probably before barbecue. I would have said that was a long drive, but post barbecue, it's uh it just feels like it's around the corner. Well, when you got that beautiful big trailer like that, mate, you just hook it up and away you go. Yeah, she uh, she's a big uh, wind tunnel at times, but it does make <laughs> it does make our life a whole lot easier. That's for sure. Um, obviously, there's a lot more pressure of um, trying to get in and out of comps. Um, if you saw the Ballarat area, we had to back it down and park down a um, a tiny laneway, which really tested my reversing skills. But um, apart from that, it makes life a whole heap easier. Yeah. I'm- I'm not. Uh, I'm not too much of a man to admit that uh, that I'm more than just a little bit jealous of that trailer. <laughs> it's very it's, um, cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's been a lifesaver at times. Um, it's pretty good at some of the big comms that go for a few days, where you can just lay down on the bed for 
um, half an hour to an hour or watch some TV and get a break from it all or um, for the comp of the weekend just to get out of the wind or the rain, um, just give you that little bit of break, not be exposed to the elements. It uh, makes a whole lot of difference. Yeah, yeah. How was the weather at this year's Ballarat? I heard last year it was a bit rough. Yeah, last year it was rough. Um, this year the weather was actually really good, but I think all the competitors are a bit rough. Everyone partied pretty hard on the Friday night. Um, <laughs> if you had to come through, it looked like a hurricane had come through. The uh, bed said there was a lot of uh, dusty souls kicking around, but um, the weather itself, apart from it being um, typical Ballarat weather and freezing at night time, it was, it, was it was pretty good weather actually. And how about the hand-ins? What did you do for the uh, for the four hand-ins there? So you got the four hand-ins, um, obviously chicken. We always run um, chicken size. We, I would tell you that we're very, we keep things very simple. We're not one who tries to stuff too many cuts in a box. Um, we don't like to overcomplicate things. So um, essentially we'll run six, seven or eight chicken size in a box depending on the layout. Um, there was pork ribs, which is pretty standard. No crackle, I guess. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> we, had, we, had, we had lamb, and um, obviously it was it was a beef handout as well. Um, we rolled with brisket and got first place with that. But I do know out of nineteen competitors, there was one steak and eighteen briskets, so that, that provided a bit of interest within the uh, competitors. Wow, one steak. Who was the brave soul that put in a steak against brisket? Um, I don't think anyone's admitting it. Everyone's pointing fingers at each other. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit of concern going through that all these guys that I've spent, oh, look, we're hot and fast. We've probably spent five, five hours cooking a brisket. But there was some poor souls starting the night before cooking a brisket. Be it done by a steak, I reckon they would have turned Ballarat upside down if it had to happen. But that's part of the contest. <laughs> that's the category. So. Yeah, you're looking at, what, eight and a half, nine minutes for a decent, uh, for a decent ribeye. Oh, look, I had us question here. We're like, geez, we might as well roll out some top of the range, sure, won't you? Scotch fillets and knock it out in a couple of minutes and get a few more hours sleep. <laughs> um, it does make you question. And if it comes up again, we probably, uh, to be all honest, we'd probably change our box. We'd probably still roll with brisket. We might go something a little bit exotic as well just to give the judges a break from eating 19 slices of brisket because that was the feedback that we got when we asked them. So... Uh, I don't know how the steak scored or where it landed, but from what I could tell, it was probably on the upper end and they found it quite refreshing to have that break from obviously that beefy richness that brisket gives you. Interesting. I hadn't mm. thought about it as a, like as a, from a strategic point of view. Yeah. Well, I think that raised a few questions because a few of us are talking about it afterwards and it's, I guess it's almost, you got to look at it like the, uh, how chef's choice went where that all went to desserts to give a break from the proteins and, I guess if you can give yourself any advantage in these competitions to stand out, um, you're going to try take it. And if the judges see it as a bit of a break and something, if it's done well and complements what you've done, then it might be something that pushes you ahead of everyone else. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Now, when you say that you guys do chicken thighs, are you pillows or um, cupcakes? <laughs> Justin's the uh, chicken man, so he does um, pretty much all our chicken cooks apart from one, which he, when he didn't come to Adelaide and I had to step in. Um, I would tell you that we run cupcakes at the moment. Um, however, as we get closer to the Royal, um, we're rolling over to pillows because we know and we've been told that pretty much cupcakes will tank in America. Interesting. Is that just because like that, that fat has come and gone? Um, that's what the report. I think when uh, Myron came out with his cupcake chicken all those years ago, I think that was the uh, biggest thing on the circuit in America and 
look what had its day there, and I think it just gets um, absolutely hammered now, which is pretty contrast to what's happening in Australia because you see a lot of cupcake chickens still kicking about a comp. Um, personally, I actually really enjoy the way they look and how they sit in the box and um, the edibility of them, but I guess in America, um, they're pretty much done, moved past it, and they want something that's a bit more natural looking. Mm. Um, but it does provide interest because I, I guess as the uh, as we get closer to the Royal, we'll probably have to start – well, we will start sacrificing some of our ABA cooks to try to practice some of those more American styles and flavours as we get over there. Right. Now, when you say that, do you mean that you'll just not go to some ABA competitions or do you mean you'll actually submit um, American-style cooks at ABA competitions? Yeah, we'd probably be looking at starting to submit uh, American-style cooks at ABA competitions, so – um, obviously with ABA, you don't have to have your money muscle attached. You can cook it separately to the rest of your pork. Um, so with KCBS, you've got to have the money muscle attached. Um, they have all other rules. Um, obviously we do the shake and bait class when they come out at the Q club and, um, we learn a few tricks there, which completely changed the way you'd look at, um, pulled pork. So we've been practicing some of those things and look, as we get closer, we would probably understand that our results may dip, but, there's probably a greater goal for us to try to do half decent when we're in America. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that the briskets have to be done whole as well, don't they? Or you you can butterfly them, but you can't actually separate the point from the flat? I think that was a rule, but I believe you can separate now. Um, oh, okay. I know with Shaker, Bake and Getting Basic coming out, they they separated and I've seen Sterling, I think Sterling separated when he was out here as well in the class. So um, I think once put a time, the rule was they had to be together. But, yeah, I don't think that's the case anymore. Oh, okay, yeah, because I know that when I competed at, at Houston, and uh, Houston is a standalone event, so it's it's not technically KCBS, but they model off KCBS, and we had to cook the brisket hole there. So, But but that was 18 months ago. So, Yeah, look, and Houston does do things slightly differently as well. They have the half chicken as well, I guess, as well, instead of, um, yeah, any cut. So, yeah, I know with KCBS, from what um, the guys are telling me, separated still is okay. But, yeah, I think the Houston might be a little bit of its own beast um, in those terms. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, you mentioned it before, so let's have a bit of a chat about it. The uh, the crackle on the ribs. Yeah, that was a funny one. Fill us in on what that story is. Oh, it's been kicking around all over ABA, I guess, but... I think in Bundaberg, someone chucked a hand in with um, crackle on the ribs, which has caused quite a bit of contention or conjecture amongst the uh, the competing public. Um, I find it pretty interesting, to tell you the truth. I know they had the crackle gate with a chicken at Port Mac. Um, I know they've refined the rules to say that it can't happen now. But, yeah, personally, look, if it was a pork um, hand in, you could probably roll the dice to crackle, but I wouldn't do it in the rib. Um you're just giving the judges too many elements to possibly criticise, but um, yeah, there's a bit of conjecture about that one. The the way I heard it was that the justification was that they had cooked um, the skin on bone in pork belly, and that and that because it was all one piece, that was why they were able to include the crackle or something like that. Yeah, that's an issue. I haven't heard that take. Look, I um I like stirring the pot every now and then. I'm I'm, I'm guilty of that, um, but. Uh, look, I haven't looked into it too much. For us, we would never do it. But um, I know discussing in our own circles, if it was the country-style rib um, that you see in America on some comps, you'd probably you'd probably wear the crackle if it was attached. But if it was separated um, and then added onto it, look, it probably 
probably didn't sit doesn't sit well with where I'd what I'd consider a hand in, but look, it happened and a little crackle did look bloody tasty on there too. So uh, good luck to them. They got through in that comp, but I know they have refined it, so it can't happen this um, again. Yeah, the uh, I will admit that the photos did look pretty damn good. Yeah, look, even the ribs look pretty good. I think they got a place in, so you couldn't complain either way because um, I think if they took the crackle off, they, who knows, they might have done better. Could have affected the texture scores. So. I want to say it was a pretty high place too. I want to say it was m- maybe third. Yeah, I think that was um, what we're being told. I couldn't confirm that, but um, yeah, who knows? They might have got first without it. It might have caused them to get third. You don't know. Um, no. It's, it had so many variables that, look – it's one of those things like not leave, putting a protein in the box, like only handing in point or burn ends. It does take balls to do something like that. So, and I don't, when it comes to ABA, I know we, we literally just try run straight down the line. So, yeah, got to play it safe and just make sure you get those points in. Yeah, pretty much. It's not about the best barbecue you've tasted. It's about just not offending everybody, I guess. So, that's, yeah. that's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, it's a good guideline to have. Yeah, yeah. Now, tell me about the second comp that you did this week. You snuck in a bit of a sneaky midweek comp. Yeah, it was a bit of fun. It was it, it was a comp set up. It was probably more of a demonstration the way they had it. So we nicked up to Albury um, on the Wednesday. We were up there on Tuesday night, actually, um, for the first Angus Invitational. Um, there was meant to be 10 teams, but only nine um, in the finish showed up, which – I must say, it's always a lot of fun when you're at these small events and we were the only Victorian team. The rest of the teams are from New South Wales, so we got to catch up with a lot of people we don't get to see as often. Um, and it was a lot of fun, um, very different. They had a tri-tip, beef cheek, brisket and sirloin as the hand-ins. Um, and, yeah, we got <laughs> – it was only Chris and myself who uh, made it up there and both of us – well, I got pretty crook on the Tuesday and – kind of had to push through for the weekend and I think I got poor Chris sick on the way home. Oh, um, no. It was a struggle and we knew we went up there for a bit of fun. Um, we haven't cooked much tri-tip, to be honest with you. I probably cooked it once and I think Chris had cooked it once and um, we'd never cooked beef cheek between the two of us. <laughs> so we <we're> rolling <laughs> the dice with that as well. And um, after cooking it, I don't know if I'm going to cook that again, to be honest with you. Oh, right, but, yeah, I wasn't a massive fan, but I, I must say that some of the handings I tasted from all the guys there um, were absolutely top of the class. Like, it was a very, very good comp. Um, and I think the Grillers and the Miss Boy snuck away with that one. So it's a nice little cash prize for them. Yeah, very good, very good. Now, that was um, – was that part of a conference? Yeah, so it was for the um, Angus Society. So I think it was the, the Black Angus Society. So it's all the um, – Black Angus brands were there. They All the meats were donated. The comp cost nothing. There was prizes down the last place, which we took. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, got our first last place, which was a bit of fun. <laughs> um, said in jest. But, um, yeah, it was uh, it was more of a kind of like a showpiece competition. Um, very unique. There was half an hour hand-in window, so we had 30 minutes to turn everything in. And within that 30 minutes, you not only had to prepare your box, you also had to – um, feed feed the crowd. So you're you're pretty much feeding the crowd as you were trying to prepare for the other box, and um, it, it was a lot going on. There was a whole heap going on, and um, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was actually really it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was pretty exhausting as well. I'd imagine so, especially with just the two of you. Yeah, and coming off the other, um, coming off a comp on on the Saturday, 
I'll be honest with you, I was probably lucky to get two hours sleep on that um, Ballarat comp. Um, everyone let their hair down pretty well and <laughs> like usual, I'm probably one of the worst for that when it gets going. So um, I didn't get much sleep myself and we got up there, we got crooked, didn't, we probably struggled once it come through. But um, yeah, it was a, like it was a beautiful night down there. It was a, it was a great event. If they put it on again, we probably wouldn't miss it, even though it was... Um, the dreaded ABA light, as they say, um, it was just something that we'd probably, yeah, it's just something different and we always like doing something different and challenging ourselves. So, The the Ballarat comp or the Angus comp was the ABA light? The, the Angus comp was the ABA light. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So the Ballarat comp was fully sanctioned. There was 20 teams there, but, yeah, it was only 10 teams for the um, – the Angus comp, because it was all beef handings. I don't know how the criteria meets, but yeah, it was an ABA like comp. Yeah, I, I haven't read up too much about that to be honest. So, how, how did you find it as a like a, uh, from that perspective as an ABA light comp? Um, look, I'll be honest with you. When we got the invitation, it wasn't invitational. So, um, if it wasn't for the people that actually organised it and the teams that were going, we probably would have. That's probably what turned us to say yes, just as a bit of fun. Um, did have good, like they, the way they set it up, they did reward everyone for heading up there. It was like you got money down to last place. Um, I think the GC took three and a half thousand home, and I think there was two thousand for RGC. So that's a very nice little pickup. Yeah, I think it was a thousand dollars for third, and then all the way down to two hundred dollars for tenth place. Um, it was the only thing. Yeah, more the meat was provided, but. Um, yeah, it was very country comp. We probably rocked fly, um, flavors that were a bit more comp and uh, probably suffered for it as well, where I think a lot of the other teams read the uh, judging and the area better than what we did and lightened everything up a bit and um, cooked some really, really good food. But, yeah, the cooking tri-tip and uh, a few of the other cuts at a comp uh, was very, very different. And there was some very different techniques being used. There was perillas about. There was uh, rotisserie where... I think the boys from uh, Rolling Smoke did a um, Picana-style sirloin, which was really tasty. Um, so it wasn't just like your straight competition hand-ins going in. It was it got pretty um, got pretty out there, which was pretty cool to see. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. We probably suffered for because we didn't unpack our trailer. We had plans to take other pits up there, and I'll be honest with you, we just left the trailer packed and took all our smoking gear up there and rocked up with the Myron and uh, GA with some grill grates. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if we did it again, we'd probably bring some different, um, probably bring some different equipment up and get a bit fancy like the other guys did. Yeah, very cool. Set up a big uh, Argentinian style cross and just do a whole side of cow. Yeah, and then just and and then just cut those individual cuts off the side of cow. Oh mate, there was a lot of meat. Like I think we had to cook four tri tips, um, twelve beef cheeks. There was two whole sirloin rolls and two whole briskets. That so is a lot. We, yeah, we had to hand in eight slices for each, um, all with the yeah, and then there was two whole beef cheeks within eight slices, and they had like little rules like that. But the rest of it had to be cut and served um, for the public. We got to help it to help serve the public. But just that whole with the half an hour turning window, just that whole process, it was um, <laughs> it put a lot of pressure on it. It really sorted out who was who, and it probably probably left us behind a little bit, to be honest. So. Oh, mate, sounds like you had a ball, though. Yeah, it was fun. Apart from um, getting crook, it was uh, we, we did have a lot of fun. Obviously, um, catching up with all the guys from um, 
Angus Reserve and you got Texas and you got the Grillers and the Mist Boys and Rob Thraves and Rolling Shane and all those guys. We um we don't get to see those guys too often, so it's always good just to have a beer with them and and give and a good yak. Yeah. Now speaking of Rob, you did mention um, smoking broke there before. Is that what's coming up for you in the future? Yeah, yeah. So we'll um, as I said, it's been a pretty, a pretty busy period. We've rolled out of Ballarat. We're rolling. We rolled to the midweek comp. There's the SCA comp at the Q Club, and then I think two weeks after, um, we got the uh, smoking broke. So we'll roll in the smoking broke, and after that, I think we're booked in for meat, meat and Horsham. Yep. And then then it's off to the states for us. So. Um, after that, we only have the invitation, and we possibly might sneak another comp in. We're just deciding that still. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So you got about probably three, three more comps left here in Australia. Yeah, at the moment, three comps minimum. Um, we are looking at doing. Um, obviously, we got a Jared McDonald out of New Zealand's become a very good friend of ours, and he's got his uh, Barbecue Mania Two comp running. Yep. Yep. Which is another pretty cool comp because he does different categories there. I think he's got like last year had a rotisserie hand in, um, he's got a duck hand in, beef ribs. Kind of throws it all down. He's he's a big ambassador for barbecue and he's a good friend. So if we can get a chance, we'd like to go out there and give him a hand. But we probably might keep one local um, Australian comp up our sleeve as well. But, but I guess that just depends on how likely Justin and I are going to live in the trailer after our wives leave us or not. So um, <laughs> we'll just see how far we can push it. It's a good. It's a very nice trailer, but I think it might get a bit too cosy with two of you big blokes in there. <laughs> That's all right. We feel like we've been living with each other for a long time anyway with the amount of comps we've done in recent. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Look, I'm I'm going to say best of luck with uh, with uh, smoking broke, and of course at at the royal. I'll catch up with you before then though, because I'm I'm coming down to Horsham, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, mate, best of luck with it, and thanks for coming on board. No problem. Thanks for um, having a chat again, and um, we'll look forward to seeing you at Horsham. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, folks, there you have it. That was Boomer from Full Metal Kettle and Jai from Smokeface Gorillas, the reserve grand champion and grand champion, respectively, from the Iron Jack barbecue competition at the Western Hotel down in Ballarat. Really good fellas and always a good time catching up with them. Next week is going to be a huge episode. I haven't even wrapped my mind around how I'm going to be able to handle that. There is going to be four competitions to talk about, I think. There's the Angus competition. I'm going to try and get hold of Gorillas in the Mist. And then there's the SCA competition at Q Club, the competition in Ipswich, and, of course, the competition in Gloucester in New South Wales. So that's three comps happening on this weekend. There's good... Uh, Three comps this weekend, the one happening during the middle of the week. That's going to be loads of people to try and talk to for next week's episode. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you tune in again next week to catch that one. In the meantime, do yourself a favor. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. All our killer merch is up there now. We've got our kettle caps. We've got the Hail Mary t-shirts. We've got the SHC tumblers. And we've got some beautiful, nice, large size stickers there. The stickers the size of your face. Almost. Easily the size of your hand. Um, <laughs> so head on over there, check them out. And uh, until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>